Welcome to the Zanbergen Report, where wealth strategies and pop culture collide, featuring your distinguished host and certified financial planner, Bart Zandbergen. Welcome to our show of dream chasers and wealth makers. We are thrilled to be back in the studio today with a new episode of the Zanbergen Report. I'm proud to bring in the movers, shakers, and difference makers who are passionate about sharing what they have learned and what you need to know today. And today, Tish and I are pleased to have in the studio Monica Morgan, private investigator and extraordinaire. Monica, welcome to the show. Thank you. My pleasure. All right. So your job is what I consider to be my alter ego. It's my, 100%, 100%. I think it's my super superhero power. My daughter says superpower. So, <laughs> um, tell us a little, you have a quite a great um, resume or CV. Give us some of the highlights if you would. Oh, wow. Um, I've been a private detective for 25 years and I absolutely love what I do. If I could work for free, I would, but I'm too much of a diva to work for free. <laughs> I love it. But I've worked over 7,000 investigations. I've worked every kind of investigation you could think of. I am really, if I had to give you an example, I'm Olivia Pope. Um, I've worked everything from missing persons, homicides, arson investigations. I do a ton of business due diligence for the NFL, the NBA, very high net worth earning individuals. Well, we love it. That's why you're on this show today. <laughs> Thank you. So great. So I feel like some of the fun things I want to, so Bart and I were chatting before the show and we wanted to talk a little business. So some of the things that you share um, that would really fit with our audience. And then after uh -huh. that, we really want you just to spend a lot of time with stories and explaining, okay. you know, what you do and how you help people. Because at the end of the day, I think stories resonate the most. And so sure. We had a great conversation and um, I'm going to, I'm going to set it up a little bit about, you know, what we do and our audience knows, but just in general, mm -hmm. um, Bart and I manage money for the Zambergen group and, and we help high net worth individuals and ultra high net worth individuals and people with managing their money. And mm -hmm. so there is a great level of responsibility and due diligence and um, that we have to put in to make that successful for our clients and a lot of time um, working on that. So that being said, we also get clients that will just randomly send us an, an email or a call and saying, hey, what do you think about this? So what do you think about right. that? And what do you think about this? And we can we have we have seen some interesting some real, years. yeah, some real doozies. Yeah, yeah. We're like, well, can we find it online? Yeah. What, what does this look like? So we we have some areas that are our niche. We specifically mm -hmm. look at that we have an entire team that breaks into like due diligence and, and we have right. specialties. And for us, you know, that's more real estate. Um, we call it real assets, right? Real estate um, mm -hmm. focused and driven. But I wanted to take this as a moment to pivot and talk about like there's areas that we don't know and we won't pretend to know or have due diligence on. Right. And, I, and I think the line might be um, public versus private. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So on the public side, which is really, for the most part, most of the assets that we manage, there yeah. is public available due diligence. And it's really just a matter of, hey, have you met your expectation? Does it fit portfolio and so on? 
Right. I think, and I know that on the private side, it is a much different situation. Is the data real? Yeah. Is there absolutely potential for um, mistruths along those lines? And, you know, at some point, maybe we can tie in the Bernie Madoff to something like that when it comes to the non-public. Yeah. Uh, any comments you may have on that. But maybe we can start there for you to help draw the line between what the process is on public, which maybe for you is, is not much because it's it's already done in all the public filings. And then what you do on the private stuff. You know what? I, I don't treat an investigation any differently whether it's the information is coming from the public arena or it's a private situation, whether I'm dealing with uh, a hedge fund manager or I'm dealing with a very high net worth earning individual or a family office, I treat it the same because you can't just assume based on what's being presented to you that it's accurate. Right. Um, I'll give you guys an example. I um, conducted a due diligence investigation for this billion dollar hedge fund out of New York City. And they were preparing to hire a uh, hedge fund manager. So the guy allegedly was supposed to be from the UK, from London. His resume was just pedigreed, Yale, Princeton, uh, this, that, and the other. Sounds Come to find so cool. out all of the information that he had provided to them as far as the address of the actual financial institution that he worked at in the UK was a vacant lot. Wow. And when you call to verify the prior employment for this particular company that was in the UK, it was actually his girlfriend that had set up this really um, intense virtual answering phone service and nothing about him was legitimate. He had four social security numbers. He had 12 aliases and he was a con, but they were preparing to hire this gentleman um, wow. because he gave the appearance of being this very experienced hedge fund manager. He was a complete fraud. Wow. Everything. You saved them. Sounds and, like oh, you yeah. saved them that story. And yeah, without without giving away the secret sauce, what are some of like the preliminary things that you do to uncover that? Oh, that is giving away the secret sauce. Okay, okay, okay. You can't, ask, you can't ask me that. You're asking me for my superpowers. Okay, um, you keep your superpowers. <laughs> All right, so you have a process there. Um, I do have a process, and there's no stone that I won't un unturn. I'll put it like that. Yeah. Um, there's no information you can't get on anybody, Bart. I yeah. tell people this all the time. Everything you do leaves an imprint. Everything you do leaves an imprint. <laughs> so you true. can you can delete your emails. You can get a library card. You can apply for utilities. You can social media and come up with all kind of identities and fake yeah. personas and avatars and all that kind of stuff. Doesn't make any difference. Everything you do leaves an imprint. So you've been doing this for 25 years. Mm -hmm. Compare today versus 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, maybe let's say 25 years ago, that's pre-internet, right? Or mm -hmm. definitely pre-social media. Well, for sure. Got to be a different process, right? Oh yeah, for sure. You, you know what? I it's, it's funny. I share with people all the time that I love social media. It's amazing when you want to connect with friends or, you know, something fabulous is happening. You want to share it with the world, but it is the worst when it comes <laughs> down to 
people share entirely too much information on their social media. And I'll use myself as an example. I've only been on social media for exactly one year. Got it. Um, I'm on a couple of TV shows as a crime expert. So the networks made me. I'm not I'm not on LinkedIn. I was not on Facebook. Nothing on purpose. Right. Because right. nobody needs to know where I shop, where I eat. They don't need to know my family. They don't need to know if I'm single or if I'm married. They don't need to know anything. People post entirely too much information. And especially when you're a professional athlete, high net worth earning individual. This right. is how cons and scams, male and female conners, can basically assess everything about you. Because wow. if you're posting where you vacation, if you're posting where you, you're picking up your dry cleaning, you know, a really sharp person, she's going to appear, she is going to pay attention to the name of the dry cleaner, mm-hmm. where you like to eat, where you like to shop where your friends are located, where you like to vacation. And that's how they basically can develop a profile on you to con you. It happens all the time. I'll take, I'll take that one step further. We have a, we have a a client that, um, that likes to post when they go on trips and this particular client was robbed while they were on a trip. Absolutely. Mm Yeah, Absolutely. Happens all the time. I, I'll tell you guys a funny story. I had um, a very, very, very high profile professional athlete. If you think of probably the top five pro athletes in the country, this individual is one of them, right? Yeah. And his agent called me and he was like, I need you to talk to him. I need you to talk to him. I can't get him to stop posting. He just, <laughs> he just, he just posted his, his new $300,000 Bentley. And I was like, okay, if you can't control your client, please be prepared to be robbed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because he was posting everything. He was posting this million dollar watch he just bought and he was posting the Bentley. And you can't do that. You are setting yourself up to be yeah. robbed and taken advantage of. Right, right, yeah. right. That's the devil's advocate of social media <laughs> because, like you said, like, they made you set up an account, right? They want to get to know you personally. And that's socially these days. They're saying, hey, build these profiles so people get to know you, trust you, like you. No, but if you if you go to my social media, Tish, you you won't you won't learn any, you'll learn that I speak around yeah. the world. Yeah. Um, you'll learn that uh, I'm on a couple of TV shows, but yeah. you will not learn anything about my personal life. Right. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. I love it. <laughs> Number one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was funny. We looked. We we were looking on your um your social specifically, and I told Bart that you're a private investigator, and he's like, "She's got social." That was the first thing. He was shocked. They made me do it. They made. I didn't want to do it. I mean, I was kicking and screaming. I'm like, no. But you know, had to do it. Can you talk about your TV shows? Which are you allowed to say which ones you're on and what? Sure. So I'm on two TV shows right now and I'm going to be on two more TV shows this year. Now, those two, one of them I can tell you about, one of them I can't because it's like real secretive. But um, I'm on a show called Sins of the City and they feature high profile crimes that have happened around the country. We did the DC Sniper. We did the George Floyd story, which I was so honored to do that story because his family only allowed one TV network to basically debut about what really happened, what was the behind the scenes in regards to 
George Floyd. Yeah. So I, I got a chance to do his story. And the other show was called Fatal Attraction. I, that's an interesting show because it talks about okay. the crazy things that men and women do and how they end up kind of sometimes murdering each other. And uh, <laughs> I talk about all aspects of crime, all aspects of investigations and how you can literally discover a suspect just based on evidence or forensics. Are you a, a witness, not a witness, but a, a um, what do you call it? Um, what they call an expert witness at times? I, I, I do a lot of that. A lot yeah. of that. I, yeah. I do a lot of that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, because you've been in business long enough, did you do any work on the Bernie Madoff? I have the most fascinating story to tell Ooh, you about. Tell. It's one of my best. So. <laughs> I'm good. You, you, Tish, you guys, you know me, Tish. I'm going to keep it real. Okay. Yeah. All right. yeah. So I have a client in Texas who is an, an oil billionaire. Yeah. And I've been involved as an investigator for his family office for years. So he called me one day and he said, I'm thinking about making a soft investment. His idea of a soft investment was about, <laughs> yeah. about 20, $20 million. Right? <laughs> yeah, it was 20 million. Yeah. So um, he says, I'm, I'm going to New York. He said, can we pick you up? Because I'm in Atlanta. He said, can we pick you up? And I'd like for you to travel. I said, sure. So it was him, my client, his yeah. executive assistant, and his CFO and okay. myself. Yeah. So we go. And I didn't know who the person was. So we get there. And they do the dog and pony show, you guys. Lunch, catered lunch and it's so interesting because Mr. Madoff treated me like I was the help. Interesting. Like I was the help. Oh no you didn't. Oh but <laughs> we make a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so they did the dog and pony show and they did a financial performance. I got a chance to take a look at it. So while they were doing the dog and pony show, I excused yeah. myself. Yeah. And I went to talk to one of his assistants. And I said, I got a question. I said, is Mr. Madoff's wife involved in the business? She says, oh, no, 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 she's not involved. I said, you know, she's not over, you know, community initiatives, community affairs, fundraisers. She said, oh, no, she's not involved with the business at all. I said, okay, great. Thank you. So again, go back. And they probably didn't think anything of it because they didn't treat you the same. Exactly. So again, still treated me like I was the help. And <laughs> we leave. We leave. Yeah. And we're on the plane flying back for them to drop me off in Atlanta. My client's all excited. And he's like, Monica, what do you think about the financial performance? Not knowing. Now, my client knew this, but Mr. Madoff didn't know this. I worked for a private equity firm as a consultant and an investigator for five years. I can write an IPO and a PPO with my eyes closed. Love it. But Love Mr. It. Mr. Madoff didn't know that. So yeah. he looked at he me. He did his homework. <laughs> so my client looks at me and he's all excited. He's like, Monica, I think I'm going to invest. And I said, don't you invest a dime. Oh. Not a dime. Now why? My client trusts me. He, yes. didn't, he didn't ask me any questions, Tish and Bart. Six months later, Bernie Madoff, God. billion dollar Ponzi scheme. Well, ding dong, my doorbell rings. I've got three dozen roses and I like jewelry. <laughs> I like jewelry, you guys. I love jewelry. 
my client sends me this gorgeous diamond <laughs> diamond tennis bracelet, three dozen roses, you and on the twenty million dollars is what on you the <laughs> Tish on the card. All it said is, "How did you know?" All right. So I called. I called him. I said, let me tell you two things about what I know about men. I said, I know a lot about men, but we're going to keep it a PC show. We're going to keep it a PC show. (laughs) I said, two things I know about men. When a man is proud of his accomplishments, his career accomplishments, his wife, his lover, his partner, his companion is somewhere in his business. Okay. Good Good point. And second of all, a smart man never makes assumptions about anybody. Right. Mr. Madoff assumed that I was the least important person in the room and didn't understand I was the most important person in the room because I was there to assess his character. Yeah. And I knew something went right. (laughs) Amazing. Even though, I mean, I looked at the financial performer, broke it all down. I mean, you know, it it was really too good to be true. It really was. But he didn't know that about me. He assumed because I'm black, African-American, that I was just the help and did not know that I was an investigator, did not know that I was there to assess him. That is one of the best situations I've ever been involved in, ever. What an amazing reward that you you were able to save them. Oh, yeah. Really utilize your skills. And it's a great story of being able to protect your client. And, and having that amazing trust in your ability of what you're doing. Absolutely. Phenomenal. And he Was didn't there- ask me. He didn't ask me for an explanation because he trusts my judgment. Yeah. That's what my clients hire me for. They don't hire me. And it's funny, Tish and Bart, I'm going to tell you guys something. People are often surprised. And I, I again, I'm going to keep it real. Um, I would say 80% of my clients are European Americans and white. Hmm. People assume that because I happen to be a black female investigator that my oh. clients are black. No, people don't hire me because I'm black. They hire me because I'm the damn best at what I do, period. Yep. I love it. I love it. Period. I love it. We like the best. On the Madoff, uh, other than those two points, which are very salient, uh, was there any financial thing that you like were suspect of other than the too good to be true? Anything stick out? Yeah. When I looked at the financial performer, you know what? It's funny because I, I, I get a chance to look at a lot of financial presentations and, you know, people are getting ready to make investments or they're, they want to go public with their businesses or whatever. Yeah, right. But you have to me, you, I call what I call realistic numbers mm. because based on where we are in the market, like we're getting ready to go into a political climate here because we're going to be right. coming up for a new election. Right. You really have to pay attention to the market. Are we in a recession? Are we heading towards a recession? Are we coming out of a recession? Is there unrest in the world from a global perspective? I mean, we've got you know, wars and we were in Afghanistan and we were in Iraq and Iran. And then now here we are, you know, with the Ukraine, you have to take a look at everything that helps to determine what's happening in the market. So when I looked at those numbers, I was like, this isn't realistic based on the time frame. It's true. 
Yeah. You know, it just, this is not realistic. I mean, I just knew that it was fantasy land. I could tell from reading the performance, it was fantasy land, but he didn't know that, but I could tell that. So, yeah. Yeah. So smart. <laughs> Did you grow up knowing that I'm going to be a private investigator? Okay. So. There's a good I'm story from, here. <laughs> oh my God. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. You guys lived there the majority of my life. Georgia's my parents' home. My parents met in Georgia and decided to leave Georgia after they met and they relocated to Ohio. So I went to elementary, junior high, high school, went to Ohio State University, blah, blah, blah. But going back to when I was nine years old, I had gotten a brand spanking new bicycle for my birthday and it was very expensive. It was a Schwinn. And back oh, then, they, they were like $300 back then. Love yeah. it. Well, I'm in a park and this ball rolls up to me. So I'm thinking that I'm being a lady. I jumped off the monkey bars and I proceeded to toss the ball to this kid. He's about 16 years old. Yeah. He stole my bike. Stole <gasps> my bike. So I walk home. I went in the house oh. and I said, Mom, my bike's stolen. She says, Well, we're not buying you a new bike. Oh. And I'm up here. I'm thinking, you guys, I'm like, okay. And I said, Mom, take me to the library. She said, you are insane. Your bike just got stolen. What are you talking about? I said, don't argue with me. Take me to the library. I wouldn't argue with you. <laughs> Not a good thing. Um, I go to the library, you guys. I went through the yearbooks for every school in my county. Oh, you found so his photograph. I found his photograph. I have a photographic memory. Found his photograph. I made my parents take me to the police department. I made them file a police report. I made my mom and dad sue his parents and the judge made his parents buy me a new bicycle and I was nine years old. I love that story. <laughs> that I am walking in my calling. I've been a little detective yep. since I was nine. <laughs> It's so great. It's so great. That is the best story. It's true. It is true. It is true, yeah. you guys. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so Did you ever consider criminal law or or are you kind of you're in the field? You're in that field. Yeah, I was in I was in law yeah. enforcement. I started yeah. off in law enforcement. Didn't uh, like it. Didn't uh, like it. Did not like it at all. I knew that I wasn't gonna fit with it. And I didn't I didn't feel like that I was really, really serving the community. And um, my boyfriend at the time was a police officer. His best friend was an FBI agent. And they were like, get your PI's license. So I checked into it. Um, 13 police officers in my class. I came out number one in my class. Love it. Um, went to work for one of the top detective agencies in the country. And my mentor, who he's, he's since passed, but he was a retired CIA agent. Jack taught me everything about the business. He literally took me under his wing as a retired CIA agent wow. and taught me everything about the business, interviewing skills, mobile surveillance, camera. Um, I am one of the best interviewers on the planet. And, you know, to be a good detective, you guys, you hear people talk about, you know, degrees and all that stuff is great. But you have to almost have a third eye. Yeah. You have to have an intuition and a discernment that's unshakable. I've had prosecutors, judges. I've worked with just about every division of law enforcement from the FBI, Secret Service. 
my cases never, I never know where they're going to lead. I'm working a case now um, for, and I can share this, share this with you guys, but a church, a very, very, very prominent church that hired a financial broker to raise money for them to renovate their church. Wow. Very, very prominent Catholic church. The guy ripped them off to the tune of over $300,000. Wow. And um, I think he thought that because it's a church and a Catholic church and a very well-known church, that they were just going to go away. Well, they right. happened to see me on one of my TV shows. The attorney contacted me. I started working on the investigation for them. And I realized that I needed to take this federal, not state. Love so I did, I did my presentation to the feds and they said, oh, we're going to put him in jail. you don't rip off anybody but who rips off a church you guys i know who does that yeah yeah the guy's a complete fraud he's not a financial broker none of that check with the sec he's not a registered financial broker he's not a financial anything and all of his marketing material says that he's you know financial broker and he's registered with the sec no he isn't he's not registered with finra He's not registered with anybody. He has done this before. He has 11 aliases. He has 11 aliases. Please. Yeah. And I want to I want to put a bow on this this specifically is you know, a lot of times people don't realize and I said this in the very beginning, don't realize all the due diligence that has to happen behind yes. the scenes to make sure that, you know, for us, it's it's suitable for the clients. It's appropriate for the clients. But mm-hmm. what you're doing is is so phenomenal. I mean, we we've witnessed clients have major major um, investing in, in investments. It's it's fake, just like what mm-hmm. you said. You didn't even realize it, and it's it's a bad investment. And so, you know, at the end of the day, you're a great resource for people like that that just don't they don't know if it's right or if it's wrong and you would Absolutely. be a great person for them to be able to kind of reach out and say hey can you just check into this or do due yep. diligence absolutely you know, i think that's that's awesome uh, go ahead you, yeah i was just gonna you know, say go ahead bart mm-hmm. so i was gonna say and it kind of leads maybe into what you guys were going to go to so if you were to give our listeners like five tips on what like red flags with tip number five being call you if dips one through four show yeah, that they're not working out but what would those first four um tips be to be um you know cognizant of yeah. of of foul play um one i think you should always ask for references and check them out yeah if somebody comes to you and they say oh my goodness i'm i'm doing business with this amazing guy you know find out other people that may know this person Right. Do your homework, because if there's something nefarious with somebody, if they are just this mindset of doing something illegal, running a con or a scam, it's going to spread. Other people are going to know about it. Trust that. That's one. Number two, trust your gut. It, It drives me insane that people don't trust their intuition. If something's not right, your internal system, your internal verification system will your internal integrity will let you know when something's not right. Trust it. Yeah. Yep. I don't care who it is, friends, family. If it's not right, just step away from it. I'd rather somebody be safe than sorry. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think three, you have a responsibility to be safe with your, 
no matter how wealthy you are. A lot of times I find, especially when I work with people, I mean, I've got six clients that are billionaires and they're not just one billion. I've got six clients that are billionaires. And I tell them all the time that if you have been blessed with that kind of wealth, mm -hmm. you have a fiduciary responsibility, not just to your business, but to your family as well, to make informed choices and decisions. Right. A lot of times people tend to want to keep secrets Right. And especially when they're making financial investment decisions, they won't share it with their wife. They won't share it with their partner. They won't share it with their with their companion or their lover. Yeah. You 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 need to share with somebody so right. that person can help you make an informed decision. Too, yeah. too, too many times people keep secrets about things. You need to talk to somebody because that person can help be your your conscious. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. yeah. And then, and then hire, hire, make sure that you've got a really good team around you that you trust. I think that's really important and not necessarily family. I could tell you guys horror stories. We, we've seen that yeah. too. <laughs> oh my goodness. Horror stories where, you know, family members, I hate to say it, you know, wives or girlfriends or sometimes children do these horrible things for money. Yeah. Make yeah. sure that you're doing your due diligence on your team to that you've got people around you that you can trust their judgment. Period. Yeah. 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 I love it. Um, I think you had one more story that we were gonna share and we might be out of time, but I thought it would be great. It was um having to do with domestic abuse case that I feel like is relevant right around the same time we're talking about family. Oh, okay. Okay. I think I know which one you're talking about. Um, you, you know what? This is, I think what I love this, what I love so much about this particular story is I was hired by a father. A lot of times, and you know what's interesting, you guys, you're going to find this fascinating. A lot of times it's the men. It's the men more than it is the women. The women tend to give chances. Men, when something doesn't feel right to them, they will call immediately. They will call it. But women, a lot of times, they're like, oh, you know, well, no, you know, no. He got themselves he, out of it. Yeah, they literally do. But men, oh, no, in a heartbeat. So I get this phone call from this uber wealthy horse family. And the father said, Monica, we're two weeks away. My daughter is two weeks away from getting married. And um, the father had bought them this million dollar house here in Atlanta. They live up in Virginia. And they said, can you just check him out? He's a doctor in Atlanta. And I said, sure. So I literally watched when I started this investigation, started the mobile surveillance. And she's a sweet little accountant here in Atlanta. Beautiful young lady. Yeah. She drops him off at one of the hospitals here in Atlanta. She takes wow. off. Something said, sit here. <laughs> now, five minutes after she dropped him off, that sucker whip comes right out the door, goes down the street and sits at the Starbucks for hours. <laughs> and I'm sitting Why there like, doctor. Got, got scrubs on and everything. Scrubs, you got. Yeah, yeah. Stop. So I contacted the registrar's office at the, at the hospital. And at the university where he was getting ready to graduate as a medical resident. Wow. Eight years he was alleging that he was in school. Two years they had been together. I found out that he was so committed 
that he had a full scale skeleton in their apartment that he would, you know, play with and pretend that he was studying. Pretend that he was studying for the finals to become a resident. So he's not registered there as a student. And using my sources, I was able to find out that he had been in the hospital. He had been in the hospital eight times for mental health issues. Oh. oh, no. He told her that he had no family because he hadn't invited his siblings. He said, right. I don't have siblings. My mom and dad are dead. Right. Found, his, found his mom and dad. They, they, Ironically. They, oh, my God. Their country is red-eye gravy, ham, and biscuits. Found them. They're, <laughs> they're in South Georgia. He was ashamed of his family because he, he was dirt poor. Wow. So I called the father and I said, oh, my God, this dude is a fake. He has been pretending for two years. Now, mind you now, these are horse people. They're billionaires. So this whole thing was about becoming a part of that family. Oh, my gosh. So the father said, oh, my God, Monica, we can't tell her. We can't tell her. <laughs> no, because they didn't want it to be their fault. We can't, we can't tell her. We, 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 we want to do an intervention. So they say, can we fly to Atlanta? We want you to tell her. I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> you had to do it. <laughs> oh, Lord. So oh gosh. they tell her that I'm a wedding consultant. Oh. <laughs> Stop right So now. there's the father. There's the mom. There's the two brothers. Here, 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 my, here, here I am, you know. Here, here's, here's the private detective. I proceed to tell her, I said, sweetheart, I'm not a wedding consultant. I'm a private detective. And I said, I'm so sorry to break this to you. I said, but your boyfriend, your fiance is a complete fraud. Yeah. Before I could get fraud, the D out, she passed out. Boom. Oh, oh. This is that not happening. Passed <laughs> out. Dropped to the ground. So here comes the boyfriend, the fiance through the door. Oh, he sees her laying on the floor, passed out. The black lady standing there with her hands up in the air, calling 911. <laughs> he uses his medical training to revive her. Yeah. <laughs> and the two brothers, he immediately takes off running. They're running down the street. They caught up with him. I mean, I, I'm, I don't advocate violence, but they beat him <laughs> behind. Oh my God. I mean, they were just, they beat his butt. <laughs> so long story short, she contacted me about three months after that. And she flew to Atlanta and she said, I just want to thank you. And I, I'm up here like, how, what? Because I, I completely tore your life up. She yeah. said, I have had self-esteem issues all my life. Yeah. And I was so enthralled with this doctor who wanted to marry me. She said, if my father had not realized that something was wrong, I would have married this man and he would have conned my, my entire family. She said, I just want to thank you. Yeah. That is one of the, and her father, oh, did he give me a bonus? He gave me <laughs> Another bracelet. He gave me a bonus. <laughs> but that is one of the best cases I've ever worked. One of the best cases I've ever worked. I, I, I love it. I love it. 
<laughs> well, I think we're out of time. This is so fun. I feel like we could be here for hours. And oh, I know yes. that Bart has like a hundred questions in his head that he hasn't asked you yet, but he's like, can I cut can I call it later? Because I want to just know. I have all these great the show will be continued. We'll be a part two. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but thank you for being on the show today. My pleasure. My pleasure. Yes. Yeah, Monica, thank you so much. Thanks for indulging my my alter ego. <laughs> I'm going to have to take you on one of my fascinating cases one of these days, Bart. I'm going to oh, see yeah. how good you are. Okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Monica. Thanks so much. Thanks for being on the show. And uh, thanks for everyone who listened. We look forward to being in the studio next week. Cheers. Thank you. Tune in next week for the latest edition of the Zanbergen Report, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Catch up on our recent shows by visiting podcast.bartzanbergen.com. The Zanbergen Report is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Interested in being a featured guest on our show or have a question you'd like to hear us answer? Email podcast at bartzanbergen.com. The contents of this podcast episode do not constitute an offer of securities or a solicitation of an offer to buy securities and may not be relied upon in making an investment decision related to any investment offering Access Wealth Management LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Access does not warrant the accuracy or completeness of the information contained herein. Opinions are our current opinions and are subject to change without notice. Prices, quotes, rates are subject to change without notice. Generally, investments are not FDIC insured, not bank guaranteed and may lose value.